0: Hi, this is Paul. Welcome to 104 Lord. If you enjoy this episode, please feel free to share it on Facebook and don't forget to subscribe so that you'll get notified of future episodes. Thanks again and enjoy 104 Lord. Hey, everybody, welcome back to 104 Lord. This is Paul, and uh, today we are recording from our home here in South Louisiana. So what we're going to do today is we're going to get into, we're continuing our study of Matthew. We're in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. And we're going to continue that study today. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So a good question to ask when you, when you see words in the Bible You're not really sure what they mean is, you know, what does that word mean? What is is righteousness, okay? And I'm going to give you a definition of righteousness based on how it's used in the Bible, okay? Righteousness, in its most literal understanding, okay, is the presence of good and the absence of evil, okay? So, um... The Bible says that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. So God is righteous. God is good in every way, and there is nothing dark or evil in God. Okay. Um, and so, there in the Bible, you read about God's righteousness, and you read about man's righteousness. Now, God's righteousness is perfect. It's absolutely perfect. There are no flaws in it, okay? Man's righteousness is flawed, okay? Men are not really righteous. They, they're they unrighteous. Men, uh, you know, and it, it says that in Romans. It says there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none righteous, no, not one. So, um, and the reason is, Because if if you're measuring things by God's standard, any unrighteousness may as well be complete unrighteousness, okay? Um, You know, Jesus told his disciples, except your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will no wise enter the kingdom of heaven, right? And the disciples were amazed because they thought, wow, these guys are, these guys are very religious, so how do we have a chance? And what we're going to see here today is understanding how man, whose righteousness does not measure up to God's standard, how man can be righteous the way God demands. Okay, So let's first look at Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and so it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So it's the fifth book from the beginning. You got Deuteronomy? I found it. Chapter 6. Okay, everybody there? All right, Deuteronomy 6. And let's see. Melissa, would you read verse 25?
1: And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. Okay.
0: So God had given them the law, the law of Moses, and they were supposed to obey it. Okay. The only problem is, They were not capable of obeying it. Not perfectly. And you had to obey it perfectly. Um, It says, and it shall be our righteousness. So whose righteousness is it talking about? It says our. What does our mean?
1: It means like.
0: Does it mean God's righteousness or their righteousness? It's not a trick question. No. It shall be our if I say this is my ham sandwich, whose ham sandwich is it? It's mine, right? If if I say this is our home, whose home is it? It's ours, right? So it says it shall be our righteousness if if we if we observe to do all the commandments, bless you, before the Lord our God. Okay. So they're saying it's going to be our righteousness, okay? Our, what, what is our goodness if we do these things that God has commanded? Look at Philippians. In the New Testament, almost to Revelation. Philippians. Chapter three in Philippians. Ah. Let me know when y'all are there. Got it. Yeah. Is getting there.
1: Philippians.
0: Philippians chapter 3
1: Three.
0: Mm-hmm. Verse. Verse nine. Melissa, would you read that?
1: And be found in Him. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith.
0: Okay. So, and not being found, excuse me, and being found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So, that's different, isn't it? So, he's saying not having my own righteousness because Paul he he was a a Jew and he followed the law as he was growing up and became a man he followed the law very religiously right but what he realized and what what we understand is that no one can keep the law not perfectly and it demands perfection right so what the law did was it actually showed man that man is not righteous. That's what the law did. It was like a mirror. It's like you got something on your face and you can't see it and somebody holds up a mirror. And now you see it, right? They're like, oh, I can't believe I've been walking around with that on my face all this time, right? Well, that's what the law was. It was like a mirror and man looks at the law and he's like, wow, I'm not righteous, right? Because if man could keep the law, then man would be righteous by the law, but he can't. All of us have failed. The Bible says in Romans that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? So salvation could not come by obeying the law. What the law did was simply showed man that he needed salvation. Do you understand? So Paul said, not having my own righteousness, But the righteousness, which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. Go to Romans. Acts, Romans. Romans. And I didn't plan this one, so this is a, I'm calling an audible, as they say in football. Um. Let's look at, let's start in verse 19, and, oh, I see it, sorry, uh, verse, uh, chapter 3 of Romans, Romans,
1: yeah. Romans 3, verse.
0: Uh, we're going to start in verse 19. And Aaliyah, would you read 19, um, yeah, read verse 19. Read it again. Now we know that what so what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may be guilt may become guilty before God. So what is what does that mean? Every mouth may be stopped. Does anybody know? Stopped from what? Stopped from justifying themselves stop from saying, I'm a good person, right? That's what the law does. It's It stops the mouths of men who try to say, I'm a good person and God's going to accept me because I'm a good person. The law says, no, you are a guilty sinner and you deserve God's justice. You deserve God's wrath. That's what it does. It makes the whole world guilty before God, right? So instead of, The law justifying man, the law actually condemns man, condemns all of us, right? Verse 20,
1: Melissa, would you read
0: that? Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Yep. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So it's saying that nobody can justify themselves by keeping the law, right? You can try, (laughs) but you're going to fail, and you're going to come to the knowledge, the understanding of, I can't do it, right? But fortunately for us, there was someone who could do it. Fortunately for us, God sent a hero, the ultimate superhero, Jesus Christ, who could keep that law perfectly. Jesus Christ kept the law of God perfectly his whole life. Never once transgressed the law of God. Not one time. Not in thought, not in word, not in action. Ever. Do you understand that? Okay. Verse 21 says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So, remember, we talked about our, our own righteousness, right? And then the righteousness of God. These are two different things. So Paul said, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God. You understand? But the righteousness of God without the law is being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So the law and the prophets, they foretold of the, the righteousness of God that was going to be given. To people, Do you understand? That's what that's saying. Being witnessed by the law, the law and the prophets pointed to the Messiah who was going to perfectly fulfill the law, who was going to be that substitute. who was going to take our place in, in the judgment of God, who, you know, the law, there were curses in the law and the, when, when God gave them the law and they, they read the law before the people, the, the, the law had blessings and curses. Blessings if you kept it, curses if you broke it, right? And the people had to say amen. And it would say, you know, they would read the law and they say, you know, cursed is everyone who, and they would give the commandment, who doesn't do this, and cursed is everyone who does this. And the people would have to, the whole, all the nation of Israel standing there would have to say amen after every curse that was pronounced for, for breaking that law. You understand they were entering into a contract with God and Jesus, you know, that song, um, what wondrous love is this? What wondrous love is this? Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. What wondrous love is this? this, Oh, my soul. What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. He took the curse of the law on himself as the Passover lamb as the substitute as the scapegoat he took our guilt upon himself and suffered and died on that cross he he was perfect and righteous he never broke god's law and he traded places with us okay he switched places with us he took our guilt and he gave us his innocence right he took He took our condemnation, and he gave us his his righteousness. He gave us what he had a right to, and he took upon him what we had a right to, which was everything bad, okay? All the, the wrath of God fell on him instead of on us, and that's what the law pointed to, all the sacrifices all the, the Passover and all the different, you know, sin offerings, all of those animal sacrifices, those were a picture that pointed to what Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, was going to do, that he was going to be that, that, that you know, promised seed, as you mentioned in Genesis, when man fell, that, that kinsman redeemer, like Boaz, right? That he was going to be the one. Because we couldn't save ourselves. There's nothing we could do to save ourselves. There was no commandment we could obey that was going to wipe away our guilt. But he took our place. He took our guilt and gave us his innocence. And that's what it means. Verse 22. Melissa, read verse 22.
1: Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all
0: all them that believe for there is no difference okay even the righteousness of god which is by faith of jesus christ so we put our trust in him not in our own goodness not in our own righteousness but in his righteousness and what he did for us when he when he took our guilt upon him and gave us the free gift of his righteousness that's what makes us righteous, not our own goodness, not our own good works, right? It's what he did for us. That's what gives us righteousness. And that is what gives us a right to have a relationship with God, right? Because without righteousness, you can't have a relationship with God. You're you're separated from God, right? That's what happened in the garden with Adam and his wife. They were separated from God. And that's why, you know... God made them coats of skins you don't get a skin off an animal without shedding blood and that was the first sacrifice that pointed to the messiah that you know without the bible says that without shedding of blood is no remission and it all pointed to Jesus so because of God's wrath being satisfied on the cross on Jesus now we can be in relationship, we can know God, we can have a relationship with him where we couldn't before. And he only accepts man on those terms, right? He didn't accept Cain's sacrifice of of grain. It had to be a blood sacrifice. He doesn't accept our good works as, as acceptable in order to be in right relationships. He only accepted that perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ and that was the grace of God okay that was God God saying here I'm going to give you access to me and that is the only way that he accepts us coming to him is by what he provides in his free gift and that's called grace okay so anyone who tries to approach God any other way than by the free gift of salvation won't find God okay and they really—they're insulting God when they when they think that they can be good enough to earn salvation. They're insulting God. The only way that we can come to God is humbly before Him, and and acknowledging our unrighteousness, and receiving by faith, refi- freely receiving that gift that Jesus gave us on the cross. Do you understand? Okay. So. Verse 3, Cecilia, would you read that? So we're still in. Chapter 3, verse
1: 23. For all have sinned and come short of the
0: glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? We've all blown it, we've all fallen short of God's standard of righteousness so we all need god's grace right we all need god's grace verse 24 says being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in christ jesus so and this is something that too few people really understand there's people who go to church every sunday and don't understand this okay um i was a teenager or maybe it was a little later than that actually Uh, when I finally really understood what righteousness is all about, okay? So I want you to know, and I want you to understand what righteousness is. So righteousness in its most literal uh, definition would be the, the presence of good and the absence of evil. And when you're applying that to God, it would be the perfect presence of good an absolute absence of evil, that there is absolutely no unrighteousness in God. You understand? Okay, so, but when applied to man, our righteousness, the Bible talks about it being as filthy rags, and it's probably actually a stronger term than that, but that our goodness isn't good enough, that we have to get his goodness, and that comes through Jesus. And so, Now that we've been given God's righteousness, God has made us as righteous as himself legally. That's a miracle because we couldn't do that ourselves. God God looks at you You know, like when we learn about the way of the master and you go in a courtroom and you're guilty of a serious crime and you can't pay the fine. And someone you don't even know comes in and says, I love this person and I'm going to pay the fine for them. And then you're free to go right? Because justice has been satisfied. Well, that's what God did for us, okay? So we have been legally made as righteous as Jesus Christ himself, you understand? So in God's court of law, we are completely innocent, okay? So that is our legal righteousness. Now, there's also practical righteousness, and practical righteousness means that we then now if we've been given a free gift right now if we love god we need to live like we're righteous if we love god and we're grateful to, for, to him for the free gift of righteousness then we need to live out that righteousness we need to we need to live it we need to to act like the the that which we have been given we need to live that out okay um Let's look at. Let's look at John chapter seventeen, Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. 17, John chapter 17, and Melissa, would you read verse 3,
1: and this life, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent.
0: Right. And this is life eternal, that they may might know the and the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom I said. So He's saying, Jesus is saying, this is what eternal life is. Okay, Jesus is going to define and explain what eternal life is. Okay, He does not define it as living forever. Okay, although it does involve living forever. Okay, but that's not how He defines it. He defines eternal life as knowing God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent, right? It's knowing him in relationship. Remember, in the garden, Adam and, you know, God and Adam, they walked with each other. You know, that we sang that song in the garden today, right? I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses, And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses, and he walks with me and talks with me and tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. That's what Adam had, okay? Adam walked in the garden with God. Adam just hung out with God all day. That must have been awesome, right? He knew the presence of God. He knew relationship with God. He was in perfect fellowship with God. How awesome must that have been, right? He had, he, he. do you understand? I mean, God wasn't this distant idea. God was like as real to him as you are in this room to me, right? Okay. And, but when sin entered into the world, when Adam sinned, then he was separated from God, what a terrible thing that must have been! And he hid from God because he was ashamed, right? Jesus on the cross said, "My God, My God, why hast Thou forsaken me?" Jesus suffered separation from the Father, and some people say that that's not what that says; that it's a different, um, diff- different Aramaic words or whatever. Well, you know, when you are reading Psalms, it's the same same wording. In Psalms, it says, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And that's that's a that's a messianic psalm. Um, so Jesus suffered separation from the Father so that we wouldn't have to. Do you understand? And it says, This is eternal life that they may know you, right? So Jesus is talking to the Father. This is a this is eternal life that they may know you. So what does that mean for us today? What is eternal life for us today? Cecilia, what is eternal life for us today?
1: Like in what way?
0: Okay. So if if eternal life is knowing the Father, then what does it mean for Cecilia to know the Father? What does it mean for you to know me? I'm your I'm your father. I'm your physical father, right? You talk to me, don't you? Mm-hmm. Right. Love you. you love me, right. And you talk to me. And we hang out. And we do fun stuff. And I talk to you. And you recognize my voice, don't you? Okay. It's the same thing. Okay. So that is why I really encourage you girls. Don't piggyback on mom and dad's faith. Okay. You know what piggyback means? You kind of hop on and go along for the ride. Don't piggyback on our faith, okay? You need your own fellowship with God. You need your own relationship. You need your own prayer life. You need to talk to God. He is waiting to hear you pray. God wants to hear your prayers. God wants you to talk to him. He wants you to fellowship with him. And he wants you to learn to recognize his voice. God wants you to learn. And that's a, you know, it takes time. I haven't perfected it by any means. But that's why in the morning, you know, we saw that this morning, that quiet time kind of important to daddy, right? Because when I get quiet, when I get really quiet on the inside, right? When I calm everything down. I and I'm talking to God, that's when I'm it's easier for me to sense when God is showing me something, when God is helping me to see something, when God is is comforting me or helping me to understanding something in his word, or even when God's correcting me, when God's telling me I'm wrong about something that I need to change, just like I do with you, right? That is what Jesus called eternal life. Okay, knowing. Not just believing that he exists, but actually knowing him, right? And the more we do that and we draw close to him in relationship, we talk to him and we learn to get quiet and hear him talk to our heart and show us things, then the more we're going to live out the righteousness we've been given, okay? It's going to flow out of us when, you know, the things we do or we don't do aren't just because we're being religious, but because the heart of our Father is close to us, right? Because by by His Spirit that dwells within us, and we don't want to grieve Him, right? And we're not going to do that perfectly in this life. There's coming a day when Jesus is coming back, okay? Christ is coming back. He's to, it could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be 100 years from now, but He's coming back, and when He does... We're going to be glorified. We're going to our bodies are going to be transformed to be like His resurrected body, and we're never going to sin again. That's an awesome thing, right? We are going to be in perfect harmony with God forever. Now that is exciting, okay? And it's going to be so awesome. So, um, let's go ahead and close. And uh, I'm so glad we got into this today. And remember. Eternal life is knowing God. And so you girls, you got your rooms, you got some privacy. In the morning, I very much encourage you, whatever you're dealing with, whatever's going on in life, you know, if you want to give thanks to him for your, your new puppy, if you have something that that's bothering you that you want to talk to him about, Aaliyah, talk to God in the morning, okay? So say so you talk to God in the morning, all right? about whatever if you want to ask him for something if you want to thank him for something but talk to him that's the most important job i have as a father is to guide you to him Do you understand all right so those of you who have been listening in uh with 10 for lord we we are so blessed that you're able to be with us this morning and, and thankful that god allowed us to 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 invite you into our home with us this morning to get into God's Word. And may this be a blessing and encouragement to you. And by all means, send me a, a, an email if it has. And uh, that's 104lord at gmail.com, T-E-N-F-O-U-R-L-O-R-D at gmail.com. And may God's grace and peace be with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. hi this is paul with 10 lord if you enjoyed today's episode please shoot me an email at 10 lord at gmail.com that's t-e-n-f-o-u-r-l-o-r-d at gmail.com thank you and have a blessed day Hey, this is Paul with 10 Poor lord and if you enjoy the show, and if it's a blessing to you, you'd like to support it, just go ahead and click on that support tab. And if you'd like to have your faith encouraged, go and listen to the episode called How God Answered My Seven-Point Prayer. And uh, I think you'll be amazed at how good God is in spite of how foolish we are. So uh, again, that's How God Answered My Seven-Point Prayer that episode. And that's a prayer that had seven specific details that God answered every single one. So, and again, as always, grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ.